Hello everyone, my name is Kevin Verga, and I'm joined as always with my co-host Devin D'Agostino. Devin, how are you? I'm doing well, Kev. How are you? I'm doing my best. Doing your best. All right. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> In just a moment, Dev and I will do our best to stop making sense. And what that means is every week, Dev and I choose a new Talking head song to analyze and ponder. And then we let our minds wander to uncharted realms of science and comedy and music. And we answer such burning questions as, who took the money? Who took the money away? Where? Where is my common sense? Why stay in college? Why go to night school? And of course, where is that large automobile? All of that and more coming up on this week's episode of Devin and Kevin Stop Making Sense. Bam, bam, and bam. We got 77. We went back to the beginning with Don't Worry About the Government. We went ahead to 89, David's first album, Ray Momo. And then we also, our very special episode, we want to talk about American Utopia because I've seen it once and you've seen it twice. Is that correct? I've seen it twice and hope to see it more. Me too. So how was that first experience? What made you want to go? How'd you get there? Who'd you go with? I'd love to hear it all. So we yeah. saw it sometime in November. If I had to describe it in a word, joy. Yeah. It was just the most joyful, amazing, profound, excellent experience ever. Elation is my word. Elation. Okay, wait a one up. Elated. So I guess a few months after that, or maybe even weeks, maybe it was like three weeks after you saw it. Because I remember getting colder, wearing a jacket. Okay. I had just gotten laser eye surgery. That's right. And I was worried about my eyes just staring so much at the amazing performances on the stage that my eyes were going to dry out. So in my pocket, I had many eye drops that I was supposed to be taking like every hour. And I was, I don't know if I was crying or it was the eye drops, but I was watching American Utopia and I was, saw it in 2020 vision, baby. Wow. So, yeah. See it with your eyes closed, see it with your eyes open, see it with one eye, see it without a sense of smell, just see it. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that show. So on my second time there, I have to share this story because it's probably the coolest thing ever that happened to me. Wow. So second time there, I had to take a friend of mine, a big Talking Heads fan, big Broadway fan. I'm like, you have to see American Utopia, man. You yeah. can't, yeah. it's essential viewing for everyone, but especially for someone who's both a fan of Broadway and Talking Heads. So we go, random day, right? It was the only day we were able to find, because we got our tickets pretty late. It was in February, right before it was going to close. And it was the only day we could find two seats somewhat near each other. And I had read in the news just the day before we were going to the concert that Spike Lee is doing a movie version of American Utopia, much yes. like Stop Making Sense. So I was like, oh, that's cool. So even after this show, I'll get to watch it over and over again. We go there, right? And there's this guy hanging by the stage in a green jumpsuit. And he's like talking to the band, David Brown, like, who is that? And then they introduce him and they're like, this is Spike Lee. He's going to be recording this concert tonight. Wow. Wow. And not even that. So it gets even better. Why it was the coolest moment. That's already the coolest moment in my life. Okay. One of the big things David Brown talks about throughout American Utopia and actually something he does right outside of the show is voter registrations. Like people need to vote. Yeah. But he highlights 20% or even less. I'm probably getting the numbers wrong. If David Brown's listening, he's like, this is the big point of my show. You missed it. Yeah. But he highlights like 10 to 20% of the audience because that's the amount of the American people who vote. I also remember that part very vividly. Mm -hmm. Very powerful moment. This is a show with 
inertia. The oh, set yeah. list is very well thought out. And he stops everything. We've gone from him solo on the stage, coming on singing here with a brain, to then being transported into the song that we're about to break down, this hybrid. Mm-hmm. And then he stops it all. And you're oh, like, yeah. excuse me, sir, what could be so important <laughs> to interrupt burning down the house, sir, Mr. Byrne? And he says, 10% to 20% of Americans vote. And you say, oh, okay. Yeah. So very important, vote people, but 10%, and he, hi- he puts a spotlight on 10 to 20% of the audience, very small portion of the audience. And lo and behold, right, this was the last seat <laughs> for the show. We couldn't find anything. I was in that 10 to 20%. As soon as the spotlight went on me, I'm like, Spike Lee is recording this. I go crazy. Years from now, I'll be able to show my kids, and I'm going to be like, you see that mania in the audience right there, losing his mind, sobbing tears of joy? That's your dad. Were you actually losing your mind in the moment? I just imagine an HD well shot video of you getting highlighted. Just a moment in this masterful movie by Spike Lee and you're just like foaming from the mouth, yelling, yelling, it's me, it's me, son, son, look at me, I'm 10%, I'm in the audience. Was that what you were doing or were you just kind of silently uh I'm gonna be honest with you it was like a deer in headlights I totally froze I think I hid behind the person in front of me you probably won't even be able to see me I'll be like son you see that guy crouching in fear <laughs> that coward, that's your dad that's your dad is your father uh, that's what David Duran stopped the show for. <laughs> Who is that coward in the audience? Send him out. Honestly, I'd be honored to be sent out of a <laughs> concert by David Byrne. So, yeah. Wow. So cool. So that was the second time you went. That was the second time I went, and just as much joy and mm-hmm. elation, to use your word, and just pure happiness as the first time. That show was, was a, amazing. It was a pure emotional experience. It was just pure experience for me. There was yeah. no better place to be. I was next to people I cared about. And even the people that I didn't know who were dancing, I was like, yes, these are my people. Dancing to making Flippy Floppy on a Thursday night in New York City. Let it go. Community, man. That's what it is. It's, there's a community. As soon as you walk in, as soon as you're surrounded by those talking heads, those David Byrne fans, even people who aren't like, you know, talking heads fans, they just went because they like Broadway shows. As soon as it gets going, everybody's up. Everyone's dancing. Everyone has these smiles on their faces. I'm smiling now. They can't wipe off of their faces. And it's just so, it's great. So I walk out of this euphoric experience. And how I got there was I was getting into the talking heads more and more by the day in my senior year of college. I played Psycho Killer in my college cover band. You know, like I, I was with it. And... My girlfriend at the time says, hey, there's an app and we can get free tickets or heavily discounted tickets if we go tonight. Are you available tonight if I win this raffle? I was like, yeah, I got nothing else to do. Um, I mean, I did. I had responsibilities, but what could be more important? That's what I was thinking before I even seen this life-changing masterpiece. And then turns out our friend who lives in Harlem that we used to work on the same RA staff together also won a pair of tickets. So we're upper balcony, just watching this amazing experience. We love it. 
we leave we're all jazzed up we're moving we're moving through new york city just talking what was that and this and this amazing and we wind up lincoln center square the opera houses the show houses so we have the square just to ourselves totally empty but that night it was just us and it was just magical it was like this perfect winter night you just need a jacket but it's all still and new york just seemed like it was for a moment quieted just for us and we're just by the fountain it's nighttime and it's like all the squares illuminated on three sides by the opera houses meditating on the day and like dancing by ourselves and reading and for like a long time for like 30 minutes and then later that night you know however long time passed uh, just the opera houses opened on all three sides and just endless well-dressed New Yorkers and people from different countries speaking different languages just flood out like tiny ants in tuxedos <laughs> into this space that for just a brief moment in time we had to ourselves and it was just so surreal it was really nice and I could see it all in 2020 vision and my eyes were watering because I needed to get my eye drops for sure. But it was just like a magical experience that continued from it. That elation continued for. I'm still feeling it. If I had to, like a scene in literature, so people get like that full experience of it. Go in the Christmas Carol, right? When Scrooge has been shown his past, present, and future, and he wakes. I, I, I'll be honest, I never read the Christmas Carol, but I know the story. <laughs> and he goes through the town, right? And he's like, he holds up Tiny Tim on his shoulder, and he's like, "God bless everyone. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas." That's how I think everyone feels walking out of American Utopia. Yeah, which is weird because we went out yelling Merry Christmas, but it was November and January, respectively, when we saw these shows. I think I would say it in June or July, too. (laughs) (laughs) And maybe just a quick description for those who haven't seen it or, like, big Talking Heads fans, huge Talking Heads fans, may have not seen this show. But he also toured it over the summer. I had the chance to see it that I regret, and I didn't go for what, what was I doing? I couldn't, what was I doing that day? Um, Unless you were giving birth, there's no good excuse for not going oh, to that. Oh, yes, that's giving what I was birth, doing. You know, what better place to have your child? What better experience for your child the People first time? People would help you there. People would yeah, help you they there. Were. And it'd probably be nice. So you start with here. And then we go into, I know sometimes a man is wrong. right into it it transitions beautifully perfectly into don't worry about the government which is like a classic it's from talking head 77 their first album it's a classic upbeat fun talking head song
Well, I look at those two titles and I think, hey, what a pretty relevant grouping of songs. Oh, yeah. You know, I know sometimes a man is wrong and don't worry about the government. That's a statement piece. Those titles alone are poetic in a way. They have a cadence and state something within just a few lines. Two very different songs, but translate quite well from, you know, the pining nature of I know sometimes a man is wrong to the upbeat kind of oompa feel of don't worry about the government. I mean, so let's dive right into them. And I like what you said because they're very different songs and yet they really complement each other. Mm -hmm. Listening to them together gives a whole new meaning to both songs, I think, right? Yeah. So a couple different ways we could do this, but maybe we just start with I know sometimes a man is wrong in isolation since that's how we're first presented to it. Sure. Um, Not many lyrics there. I know sometimes a man is wrong. I know sometimes I can be wrong. I know sometimes I do believe. I know sometimes I can be wrong. I'll be wrong until you're next to me. I think that's basically it. Yeah, except in the uh, second verse, he changes to, I know sometimes the world is wrong. Interesting. And then he says, they'll be wrong until you're next to me. Right. changes. Subtle changes and important changes though too, but not many different words. It's Mm -hmm. repetitive. Um, and on its own, though, I would look at it almost like a love song, you think? So a love song. where I'm getting that from is I know sometimes I can be wrong, yada, yada, yada. They'll be wrong until you're next to me. They'll be wrong until you're next to me. Sort of like when you're with the person you love, nothing's wrong anymore. Or even if anything's wrong, it doesn't matter. Oh, how yeah. lovely. Thank you. So if only you were with me, will... I no longer be wrong, or will the world no longer be wrong? It's kind of eerie to me. It kind of sounds like a threat, isn't it? Like, <laughs> hey, listen, the world is messed up, but you can fix it if you're next to me. Well, that's a lot of pressure. I feel like I'd have to be with that person then. Yeah, I didn't read it that way. And <laughs> now definitely adds a different vibe to it. So two different interpretations there, nice love song or maybe a nefarious uh I keep using the word nefarious. I got to find a new word. I need to find a synonym. Nefarious describes a lot of Burns' writing of lyrics is like knowing something that the listener doesn't know. It's very, it's very accurate. All right. So maybe I'll stick with it. And nefarious is good here too, because don't worry about the government, which like we said, very happy, upbeat song. There's a lot more going on here. Something seems it's pretty dark. So let me, I'd like to hear what you had to say about Don't Worry About the Government. I love the title. I mean, how dare you tell me that, <laughs> right? Like you, you have no choice but to be told that and to question the idea of government itself just by reading that line. You get in 1977, that vinyl of 77. Turn it around, you know, you read it. And then one of them tells you, don't worry about the government, kid. (laughs) And nefarious could be applied to the song, the lyrics. But this speaker seems a lot more innocent. I don't think he's trying to trick you. I think he's generally a speaker that's, hey, listen, don't worry about me. He says that. He never explicitly says in the lyrics, do not worry about the government. He just says, "Don't, don't you worry about me. I wouldn't worry about me. But there is still that double edge of the lyrics of, well, if you have this demanding title and this more passive speaker, what's going on here? Why, why aren't these voices matching up? Whose voice is speaking in which moment? 
Yeah, brand new interpretation here. Hot off the brain presses. Ooh, let's get it. I'm sure brain press will come back to haunt me multiple times throughout this episode and beyond. Brain press. <laughs> Hot that off the brain presses. Disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> so gross, but I'm going to stick with it. <laughs> I'm getting 1984 vibes. This is a guy who's totally like, you know, just like you said, very innocent. Because like in 1984, right? This one I actually did read. Did read this book. I think I've oh, read it. I to read it. This one I did read lives in this world and society or the government, whatever it is, has made him be this innocent person who is completely fine with their life because they don't know any other way. But really, oh, wow. there's some bad stuff going on there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just to highlight a couple things, right? Like, it's definitely a satirical song because you read about this guy and he's talking about all these great things, right? My loved ones, loved ones visit the building. Um, I'll be working, working, but if you come visit, I'll put down my, what I'm doing. My friends are important. Almost like he's told, well, friends are important, right? He's talking about a really vapid lifestyle. There's no purpose. You don't care about relationships. It's only material concerns, highways and buildings. It's disconnected from reality. Everything's about convenience. Talk to me. All right. Here's my brain press. Okay. We, I asked... Who is the speaker of the title and who is the speaker of the lyrics? All right. So stay with me here. The title is God or Big Brother. And the lyrics are just a component of that. Or because like the title is big. It is the encapsulation of its parts. No matter what the lyrics say, the title will always be the title. I can name this song Glockenspiel Wailers. All right. And even if it has the same lyrics, if the title is Glockenspiel Wailers, then that's the song that you got to sing. Hey, what's next, Mr. Byrne? I'm playing Glockenspiel Wailers. And he goes into this song. So, <laughs> <laughs> No, please, go for it. I love it. So I'm the song part. title is this godly figure that controls it. And then the lyrics are just a person singing from the point of view of a person that lives within this society, this world that says, don't worry about the government. Go about your life. And when your friends come by... You know, you say, okay, I'll hang out with you, but don't worry about me. Don't even make an effort to really come visit me. I'm fine. Yeah, I, no, I'm there. I'm totally on board. The telescreen flashes every morning in front of you. There we go. We're getting somewhere. Those brain right. presses, they're working double speed. We have, what's the lead character of 1984's name? Something I thought you read it. Right? <laughs> it's a long time ago. Yeah, he caught me. Um, pulls up Sparkness. Whatever. So I want you to picture us in 1984, right? All right. Stop okay. making sense just came out. Stop making sense just came out. We're, but we're in 1984's 1984. Oh, God, I don't want to be here. I'd rather be in Stop Making Sense world. But bear with me. So we wake up, and on the telescreen, we see in big yellow letters on a black screen flash, don't worry about the government. Don't worry about the government. Don't worry about the government. It's in the background, right? We get up. You brush your teeth. You're going outside. You have a big, like, smile on your face, like that big fake smile you see when, when you're trying to be happy. And I, have a, yeah. I have a pencil in my teeth. I'm trying to be happy. <laughs> Nice. Pencil in your teeth. That's actually exactly the smile when you're forcing yourself to be happy, right? You're looking around you. Oh, so nice. The clouds, right? You're going to work with everyone else in your cubicle locked in there, but everything's great. You have your nice building. It's convenient, right? It's going to make your life easy. You stick in your, in your row in life. Eventually you get moved up. You get moved into like a big government position. You have your civil servants there, but they're just like your loved ones, right? They're your family. Same thing. All relationships are the same. Nothing matters. It's this cold, unfeeling lifestyle. It's a cold song. And then Devin, at the Devin, end. Devin, yeah. calm down. Okay. It's okay. Bring it's me back. Okay. Bring me We're back. not in 1984. We're in our rooms. Remember, it's 2020. 
Things are fine in 2020, <laughs> Devin. That's right. Get back to 2020. Oh, thank God. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, continue. You're, you're the nice brain press going. Keep pressing. Yeah, but just that last thing there, I wouldn't worry about. I wouldn't worry about me. Don't you worry about me. Don't you worry about me. It almost seems like he's begging them. Don't worry about me. Everything's fine. Everything's okay. Everything's yeah. good, right? I don't know. It what is almost – have you seen Avatar The Last Airbender? I have not. Devin. But you know I can pretend like I've seen things. Like Yeah, okay, so we're going to ask that again. We're going to take it again and just say you have. Hey, Devin, yeah. have you seen Avatar The Last Airbender? Six times. Cool. What's your favorite part? <laughs> the Airbender. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty great too. I totally I mean, the air. That's pretty cool. Oh, yeah, I love that part too. Uh, okay, so they go to – there's a global war. The Fire Nation attacks. Yeah. There's four nations. And they go to the Earth Kingdom stronghold, really the most fortified city and the only one that hasn't been conquered by the Fire Nation. And they go in and they're all brainwashed. The first person they meet is, uh, what's her name? I'm going to throw out a bunch of random names. Yeah, what's her name? Because I've seen it before. Um, Earl. Cindy. Steven. Oh, it was? Oh, Earl, Earl Cindy okay. Stevenson. Earl yeah, yeah, Earl, so yeah. Earl Cindy Stevenson. No, I remembered it while you were saying that. It was, uh, I believe it's Jolie. Okay. And she's just like smiling and they're, the Avatar gang's like rushing there. Like, we need to talk to the Earth Kingdom king about the war. And she's like, there is no war in Ba Sing Se. Everything is peaceful here. Don't even worry about it. And the government is a puppet government controlled yeah. by secret agents. Oh my God. <laughs> secret agents. Don't you hate that? And they brainwash and and hush hush the war that's going on, um, for the sake of people not worrying about it. Because if within the walls of Bossing say people are worried, we're not going to be productive. So don't tell anyone. Keep it on under wraps. That's what it makes me think of. Back at 1984, we've always been in war with. God, come on. Oceania. <laughs> I can't remember. Oceania. They Something combine like the, uh, there's like three great states, great yeah. nations, and they're all in constant war. Hence the token term, war is peace. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did yeah. I read this or did you? Something clipped in my head and that sounded good. I don't think I did. Hey, war you know is what? peace. That sounds, that sounds good. Someone's got to write that down. That'd be I did book. read Christmas Carol. It wasn't 1984. <laughs> I'm getting those two confused. Remember in 1984 when the ghosts come? <laughs> um, here's a word. Okay. Convenience. What does convenience mean to you? Yeah. That is a word. (laughs) Yeah. And what does it mean? It means easily available. I picture like, especially with this song, right? I picture apartment building. It's got the pool out back. It's got the gym in the basement. It has vending machines. That's convenient. Um, That's convenient. That's convenience. There you go. It's going to make life easy for me. It's going to be easy to get things done. And I will relax alone with my loved ones. Loved ones. Loved ones. <laughs> okay. You just see that like pumping your shoulders up and down. It reminds me of uh, Duloc in Shrek where they go and they walk in. And the style of do not, don't worry about the government is kind of like that dancing thing. It's like Duloc is, Duloc is the perfect place. Like it's kind of like this sing song. you like, oh, don't worry about the government. Like a bunch of kids can be frolicking through the hills and barren streets of the city. Singing, don't worry about the government. Don't you worry about me. Oh, look at the kids go. Very nice. I love that. An audience you couldn't see. Kevin's song gave me a strange look, but I got very excited and I threw my hands yeah. in the air because that's it. That, so, yeah. That's what this song is. 
this song could be performed by those little puppets in Duloc because it's about this, it's trying to make you think that everything's all right, right? That everything is good. That's, where this, that's why they performed it that way. Maybe he saw Shrek. There's a conspiracy here. Back to where, <laughs> reeling back in, but I think that's a perfect description of it. If you have no, if you've ever heard of that song before, it could be perfectly played in that scene in Shrek because yeah. it's trying to fool you, right? Yeah. This idea, this American dream, capitalism, everything's good, everything's all right, but it's really hiding this vapid, meaningless, dull lifestyle, you know? And the easy, person's easy. fooling themselves. <laughs> but you outside the gigs of Duloc yelling at them. Your king is short. He pretends to be tall. Does he pretend to be tall? Did I ever see Shrek? What have I seen? <laughs> Wait, I know what you're talking about. Christmas Carol. You're thinking of Christmas Carol. Oh, that's right. The ogre and the donkey in Christmas Carol. <laughs> is he an ogre? <laughs> You've never seen Shrek. Shrek is an ogre. No, that's sure? impossible. He's an ogre? He says, I'm an ogre. Get out of my swamp. What does he say? Something has layers. He says ogres have onions. layers? Onions. No, onions have onions layers. Onions have layers. He's not an onion. <laughs> Did positive. I see Shrek? the onion edit of shrek oh my god okay before i cut you off you got really excited to say something do you still remember what it was i said it that i'm sorry okay. <laughs> it was disappointing that's what it was that the song fits perfectly in that scene in shrek. but i do i think that's a perfect because it's hiding it's satirical right he's like a kid he's like a kid he thinks that everything's great and everything's fine but it's really not and i think that's why it's cool that it pairs with i know sometimes a man is wrong right because when I was like thinking about these songs, I actually thought about them in reverse. I looked at Don't Worry About the Government Wrong and then know sometimes a man is wrong, even they come in, though they come in the opposite order. And when you have I Know Sometimes a Man is Wrong, which is a song that came later in David Byrne's career than I Don't Worry About the Government, it's almost like he's admitting, yeah, he's like admitting his mistake, right? That maybe I was wrong. Maybe society isn't that perfect. Maybe there's something there. But instead, he places it before Don't Worry About the Government. And suddenly it becomes like he's reverting back into this childish state of innocence and optimism to avoid reality. I'm wrong, but I'm going to pretend like I'm right and everything's okay and I'm in Shrekland. Oh my God. Devin, this is why we do the podcast. That's it. I'm sweating. Right <laughs> I'm sweating. Can you see? I have a dry cough and I'm sweating and I'm crying <laughs> and my eyes hurt, but I can see clearly. I can literally see clearly now. I saw clearer that night that I saw it. I see clearly now. Is that song in, uh, that song is sung, full circle moment, that song is sung, I can see clearly now, by the three blind mice in Shrek 1, we did it, full circle moment, go Shut to it commercial, down. shut it down, go to commercial. <laughs> segment we've done so far that was I good love it. that was perfect kevin do you like nightstands do i like nightstands do you like nightstands nightstands yes do you like exercise bikes sure i don't see how those two are related but yeah i have two of nightstands and one exercise bike then you're gonna love the new exercise night bike stand
don't either. From okay, next next pitch. <laughs> but I'm still Who's interested there? in you, Devin. <laughs> and I'm interested in you. I'm interested in what you got. You got Moxie. You got good ideas. You're an idea guy. You walk in with nothing. Guy. Nothing walk tangible. Nothing. Your sales, fine. You're modest. You're handsome. You got the look. Thank you very much. All I need is an idea. Give me one good idea and I'm in. I want to give this to you, Devin. Million dollar prize. Give me one Sweet. good idea. Real idea I've had out of our bit advertisement world. I'm going to pitch it. I'm, going to, I'm taking it from the reality, pulling it into bit advertisement world. Okay. So you're walking around New York City, right? And you have a bunch of bags. Maybe you're out you know, shopping all day or whatever it may be. Maybe you're just coming into the city. You have your suitcases and you want to go into a restaurant. You can't go into the restaurant with all your bags, right? So like, what if there were lockers, like Amazon lockers, that you could sign up for and put objects in and store them in there while you were out at the restaurant? In various locations around various New York locations. City. Yeah, just there. Hmm. I always have my backpack in New York. Always. But then when I go to a nice restaurant, I'm like, excuse me, excuse me. And my like hydro flask is clinking on the back of rich people's heads. And I feel like a goddamn fool. I'd like exactly. that idea. This idea came to me. I was taking a bus home from New York City and it came to me and I was so excited about it. I had to tell the random person sitting next to me on the bus. I think her name was Jess. Jess from the Jitney. It's Devin from the Jitney. If you're ever listening to this, I'm telling this story, telling this little anecdote about us. And I pitched this idea to her and she made a very good point. She's like, well, people could just like leave anything in there. Like if they had to hide a dead body or something. Oh, yeah. It put sort of a hole in my plan. But I think there's still something there. Let's, I got a solution. Pretty okay. simple, actually. You put up a sign that says, hey, don't put bodies here. That's about yeah. it. Yeah. Why would you not listen to the sign? Well, let's say, okay, me and you have a body. Okay. We're pushing it, pulling, pulling, hiding, yeah. sweating, sweating. I can't believe we did gotcha this. On the I sweat. can't believe we did this. I can't. <laughs> how, did, how could this happen? How could this Fuck. happen? We were just at Whole Foods. I mean, I can't believe it. We're dragging them from <laughs> Columbus Circle. There's a locker on 72nd Street. And we open a locker, we pop it open, and you see a sign. Hey, don't put dead bodies in here. I mean, I look at you and I say, should we put it, the dead body in there? Or there's a sign. This was obviously pitched by an honest, sweaty, handsome young businessman. And the fact that he put this sign here and is trying his best, I'm not going to put the dead body there. Okay. You know what? Throw the it sign in the convinced lake. me. <laughs> Throw it in the lake. <laughs> Devin and Kevin invent lockers. Okay. Um, wow. I didn't think I'd be dragging a body in this episode. That was a good, that was a good ad break. I feel centered again. I think we yeah. started to make a little more sense at the ending. I was thinking... Um, Maybe we should just reflect on our time podcasting so far. We wanted to make this a very special episode. So just some general thoughts on how this show has uh, grown. Just thoughts. Let them go. Brain press them. Thoughts. Okay. Well, I got a lot of, I had a manic energy today, which I think is good though. That's what you want. Cause talking heads are manic, oh, yeah. right? They're a manic band. So I like the manic energy. Reflecting, I'm back on, I think it was the episode we talked about Cross-Eyed and Painless. I think we discussed this as sort of like one of our dinners at the cafeteria back at college. Yeah. Like how the conversations would go and it was our opportunity to sort of bring them to a wider audience. Let people know. Try to, and also with the ulterior motive of gauging, are we crazy? Yeah. <laughs> Things we're talking about make any sense or interesting? Yeah. Or are we just insane people laughing maniacally in the cafeteria while everyone else looks at us? Yeah. 
And what we've done a successful job is just having conversations and soon we'll see what people's reception is. Yeah. Very interested too. Lovely. We're just so confident in how funny and smart we are that we wanted to tell people all about it and send it to our friends and family and strangers from all over the world. And I stand by it. I think we're that funny. I genuinely do. I was laughing so hard. I said before we started recording that Devin read me something that he wrote. A short story, if you will. <laughs> and I laughed the hardest I had in months. Just like pure belly laugh and chuckle after. Yeah. Very much a calf conversation every week. And I think every episode gets better. I think it's fun to just riff. And I, I think what's special about our show is that it's so referential, but so fresh every week. We've referenced many episodes and jokes and bits that we did weeks ago, months ago at this point. And we bring them up every week and they make sense. They make the things make sense in, in that moment to explain this new experience. It's always evolving. It's this body moving forward from start to finish, just gathering mass. And we're about to meet the unmovable object of the talking heads every week. And we're an unstoppable force. <laughs> we, we just hit it on and we just see what happens every week. And it's a lot of fun. You refer to us as hilarious and unstoppable force. I'm going to save mm-hmm. face here and say, maybe we're not funny. I'm not as confident in us. Oh. Um, but I like what you said about referential. Because, you know, we refer to things, but you don't have to know about them because half the time we don't even know about them. Yeah. So, like, we've we'll never refer- seen Gone with the Wind. We've never seen Christmas Carol. We haven't seen any. I've never listened to a Talking Heads song. Not one single time. No, no, no. This is all off the top of my head. <laughs> I'm pretty good. What's interesting is this. We've talked about 1984. That was the year Stop Making Sense came out. That's crazy. I didn't even know that. It seems like we both saw American Utopia just at the cusp of 2019 and 2020. And it's amazing that David Byrne's still doing it. You know, he really controls the crowd. What a performer. And what a legacy this man will have. And what power he he still has to make a film with a band that, like, resonates 20, 36 years later? 36 years later. That film still strikes us to our core so much that it made us want to speak every week to each other and laugh. And then now he's American Utopia that you got to witness the filming that will probably influence our children. It will. It's that powerful. And that's an amazing thing. Talking about this continuum of this continuum of this podcast, episode to episode. I mean, I feel like we're hopping on this this great treadmill of the talking heads continuum and like how it continues to evolve. And here's, here's a question. Okay. Kind of a sidetrack, but it is a great question, and you can play along at home. My junior year of college, I took my first music class. It was History of Western Music, and we start from the earliest Gregorian chant. Then we go through Baroque music and classical music, thousands of years, hundreds of years, listening to artists, listening to this, and that Mozart, Beethoven, what did they revolutionize? What's new here? Modernism, postmodernism romanticism, Bach, Debussy. And then we get to the last, after weeks and weeks of Western history and cramming knowledge into my brain. It was one of the most difficult classes, but most fulfilling classes I've ever taken. The last day of learning, which is the second to last day of class, we were up to the 1960s through the 80s. We learned about every listening, uh, every homework and class had a listening portion as well as a reading that you had to be familiarize yourself with. So for the second to last class, we're, 
what the textbook defines as the president. Pre <laughs> the textbook defines as the president. And our listening section for that was Fight the Power by Public Enemy and Sgt. Pepper's Lonely, Heart Lonely Hearts Club Band. Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band by the Beatles. Summer of Love, 1967. And we learned about that and we're like, well, that's it. We've hit what the textbook learns. And now I turn it to you, my professor says to my class. If it's the year 3000, if you're just as removed from how removed we are from classical music, and you need to get this music of 1980 to 2020 in a student's brain to say, this is what defined this era of music up until today. What musicians do you choose? What was their revolution that they brought? So think on it. Think at home. Devin, you think of yours. I think Talking Heads might be on there. I think they are. But that's just my personal one of three. I say you get three artists. Keep, let me hear them. Take your time. I would argue that the Talking Heads, David Byrne, is almost outside that musical history. Let wow. me keep going with you. Because although he is immensely influential, before and after, no one did and no one does what the Talking Heads, what David Byrne does. He makes music like no other. And I remember, back to American Utopia, right? Let's bring it back. Okay. I'm sitting there in that show, listening to I Dance Like This. Mm -hmm. And they say the lyrics at one point, right? In another dimension, la, la, la. But the lights are flashing right, and they're doing these weird dance moves. And I really, I could see it. I'm like, David Byrne is not from this world. <laughs> he is a man outside of time, outside of the universe, that has come to bless our little existence with his presence. And he's bringing sounds, music that are, shouldn't exist here, but they do, and they're beautiful, and they're awesome. And that may be too much praise, or not enough, I don't know. That's a little disturbing. If David Byrne... So oh my God, we're such nerds. Well, you, you said you wanted a bit, and you held up a die. Do you want to <laughs> die? Let's die. Okay. Do you we killed characters? someone in our last bit. I do have characters. What so our last bit? What? The, the lockers room. with the lockers. Oh, I meant I meant last Ke Devin and Kevin die. Oh, I have no idea. Someone definitely died in it. I just don't remember what it I was. I think we're perfect score. Someone died in every episode. So we're gonna go into Devin and Kevin die because we've lost all sense and we've lost sense to such an extent that there's nowhere else we can go but a bit. Somehow we're gonna be grounded by something that doesn't make sense. Something that's never happened before and something completely made up. That's how we're gonna ground ourselves. That's where we are right now in this episode. I'm in. Let's do it. Alright, so we're gonna roll the die, give each other characters, give a setting, and we're gonna go with it. So, roll one. This was for Kevin. Got a three. You're Mr. Businessman. Nice. Roll again. I also got Mr. Businessman. Am I rolling this well? No, this is great. I want to. Let's go. Alright, what setting are we? And our setting is a place where nothing ever happens. Alright, nice. <laughs> My ass is on the line, man. If I don't make the sale in the next three days, they're firing me. Listen, sit here. Come on, come on, come on. Okay. Sit right here next to me in the void. Listen, there's something I need you to know I'm before you make the sale. Tell me one more time. The name of your client? Lars. Lars. Moonshine. Lars Moonshine. Moonshine. Listen, Moonshine, I've worked... Moonshine Stin. He gets very picky about that. Oh, believe me, I know. Listen, I've worked with Mr. Moonshine Stin before. There's something you gotta know. I pull out a briefcase and I open it up to you and it, there's no light like in Pulp Fiction, but it's just kind of like a gurgling noise. 
and then I close it and pull it away. I have a confession. Mm-hmm. Before we continue with our bit, I've only seen the first half of Pulp Fiction. Yeah. After the scene where the guy has the ball gag in his mouth. Uh-huh. I don't think the suitcase is up to there. I, I don't remember why I didn't finish it, but I'm with you with the suitcase. I'm still, I'm still envisioning. <laughs> that was you pausing from the bit just to, just to let everyone know that there's something else you haven't seen that is part of the American core pieces of art. For those following along at home, if they'd like to tally up the amount of things that I've confessed to not seeing in this episode and send it to us. Oh, okay. All right, back to the bit. So put the briefcase away. Listen, Mr. Moonshineson loves this stuff, but it comes at a cost. You, me, piggyback ride through the void for three epochs of time. What do you say? Hmm. Two epochs. And... I'll split the sale with you, 75, 36, because in the void, we don't add up to 100. We add up to whatever 75 plus 36 is, 111. Check my math. <laughs> listen, no, 111. I'm, I'm pretty sure about that. Listen, you might be good at math, but I don't think you know who the freak you're dealing with, man. I reach into my pocket. I take out those shark goggles and put them over my head. I'm a goddamn shark. So what do you say about my original offer? Three epochs for this briefcase here. Two and a half epochs. Mm-hmm. I'm listening. You get to ride on my back instead of me riding on your back. No, that's the whole point. No. I want you to ride on my back. Then you won't have a deal. You're going to have to deal with Mr. Moonshineson whether you like it or not. You can either have the briefcase at your disposal. It's going to help you big time for just three measly epochs. But listen, fine. I'm done, man. I'm going to go over there where nothing else happens. See what that guy thinks. That other Mr. Businessman wearing the same suit as us boxy, big-shouldered suit that's four sizes too big to us. It's David Byrne in the corner. <laughs> let me out, let me out. <laughs> oh, wait, let me get in my David Byrne voice. Hi, I'm David Byrne. Let me out, let me out. <laughs> hey, Mr. Byrne. <laughs> what else would happen in a place where nothing happens? I'll tell you what wouldn't happen. Let's hear it. Wait, a place where nothing ever happens. So does it mean that nothing is always happening? It's where nothing ever happens. Nothing happens. Oh my god. I'm so lost. <laughs> this is you zooming out. You're the mind weatherman in my brain. I'm the mind in, the weatherman. Middle, <laughs> in the middle of a weather report. Mr. Weatherman. Mr. Weatherman. I'm back. Oh my god. I don't know what happened to me. Um, yeah, it's going to be beautiful sun for the rest of the week. Sunny as it always is here. We're looking forward to it. Let's, you know, bless our lucky stars that we always have sunny days. It's always perfect. 70 degree temperate weather no need for air conditioners no need for furnaces the walls are blank no ventilation everything is fine everything is good i did a call back there that wasn't even to one of our podcast episodes i realized halfway through it thank you mr weatherman now let's go to ted with sports cut dude what the hell happened out there you're really sweaty are you okay (laughs) i have to confess something to you what's up I used to be a billboard standing tall, but I tried to dance and I horrifically collapsed and killed all these people. And I had to change my whole identity. And I became this Ted, the sports person. And it's just getting to me. Those lives are on me. I killed so Susie Q and her dad. You're also Ted, the sports guy. You should be on air right now talking about sports. I, we cut. We cut to Ted. We cut. Who's also you? Oh, you cut to me. Is this live? Are we live? Go, go. 
Roll with it. Roll with it. Um, brain sports. Brain sports. <laughs> Shoots and ladders. No, we had a fight. Do, 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 Myelin shoots and ladders. Hey, welcome back to Brain Sports. I'm Dale. And I'm Kurt. Hey, Kurt. How you doing? Welcome back to Brain Sports. We're going to cut to top 10 brain plays of the Danes. First one up, we're playing Brain Press Ball. <laughs> Watch this guy. <laughs> the Roman Brain. Danes and now if planes. you look at Danes versus Planes, you can see the Dane coach haranguing the plane coach about the bad brain call. He's saying it's insane. He wishes it would rain. It never rains in the brain. <laughs> It's so lame. How lame. Thanks, Dan. Wait, no, you're Kurt. <laughs> We're so deep inside the bits. I can't remember what's real. I'm I still in 1984. I do not want to do 10 more brain sports plays. Let's cut. No, no, no. Cut. Cut. Okay. Listen, Devin, the bit's over. I just got to give you some night notes, man. Listen, the bit was fine. The bit was fine. You kind of lost track of who you were, all right? So let's try that again from the top. Get back into character. We're going to start from the top with two businessmen in a void where nothing ever happens. Ready? And action. Cut. <laughs> that was a great take, guys. Love what you're working with there. Devin, I'm going to be honest with you. You weren't convincing me. Are you Mr. Businessman? Are you Mr. Business Guy? Are you Mr. Economy Bro? I wasn't I'm just Devin. It. Well, I thought I really had it with the David Byrne voice. Hey, I'm David Byrne. That's a great day. Chills. He's in the room. I know it's a great David Byrne, but I can't keep resting on my goddamn laurels on this David Byrne impression. I'm fucking Devin D'Agostino, man. I got a wife and kids to take care of. I can't be keep doing this David Byrne impression for years and years. What do you want from me, Kevin? What do you want from me from this partnership? I want you to watch Gone with the Wind. You know, it's about time. You bring it up almost every week. You gotta watch it. It's a long movie. It is, I think it's like, I've never seen it. Oh, God. Wait, are you Devin? No. <laughs> I'm Devin, you caught me. Takes off the mask. It's a pug mask. <laughs> it's and a that's pug a reference mask. to All right. what happened. And that's full circle for people that know me and Devin's life. Okay. There wow. we go. That was, wow, we're deep. Are we still in it or are we officially done with the bit? I will never know. I may be in this bit for the rest of my life, but I'm going to accept this as my reality. You're Devin. I'm Kevin, correct? Sounds right. Okay. Wow. That's what it says on my Zoom. <laughs> and if, that, if I have nothing else to base my reality off of, it's Zoom. Can I change my name to Devin? <laughs> <laughs> Please don't. Please don't. I'll lose all touch with reality. Listen, don't worry about me, all right? I wouldn't worry about me. I'm not worried about you. I'm not worried about the government because you know what? I know sometimes I'm wrong. And I know sometimes I do believe, but it doesn't matter if I'm wrong or the world's wrong because you know what? You're here. You're next to me. You're po we're podcasting together and everything's all right. Beautiful. Thank you. Beautiful. Well, that was a ride. <laughs> that was a ride. And I worked up an appetite, and I'm going to stay hungry. And here is what I'm going to stay hungry about. I'm going to think more about these moments of pure emotion in my life. I mentioned two today. One was the experience with American Utopia and getting free tickets and being in Lincoln Square in the middle of the night by myself and friends. And then also 
when you made me laugh really hard multiple times throughout, which is like pure experience laughing. I mean, they're so rare to come by. And when those moments come, they're very fleeting and just to experience them and really know that the world might be wrong and I might have a convenient life that's plagued by government indoctrination. But when I'm with my loved ones, I can really relax with them and just be me, be a man who is sometimes wrong. Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you for grounding us there. And I totally agree. And I think I'm going to stay hungry for two things as well. Um, first, you know, paralleling what you, paralleling what you said, it, to be completely honest, as I said to Kevin, we got on the Zoom call, I was like, it's been a tough week. I'm not feeling too great. I don't know what kind of energy I'm going to bring here today. A lot of energy. I went some weird places, but I have a big smile on my face. No pencil needed to get there. Yeah. And I think exactly what you said, right? Sometimes it's just a fact of being with your loved ones, being with your friends, and just goofing off a little bit. Smiling, laughing, sweating profusely. Yeah. This is very helpful. So thanks. And the second thing I'm staying hungry for is cheeseburgers. I could, I'm craving a cheeseburger right now. Mm. Yeah. Sounds good. I just made turkey burgers. Did you make turkey burgers? Yeah, you want some? I have some extra. Yeah. All right. Come Pass on it over. through the screen. <laughs> yeah. This All has right, been, uh, This has been Stop Making Sense with Devin and Kevin. Devin, it's been a pleasure as always. Same with you, Kevin. If we're able to, if people listen to this and still want more after it, we can do anything. <laughs> we can do anything. What is next for Devin and Kevin's Stop Making Sense? Thank you, everyone, for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Stop making sense. Mm-hmm. Stop making sense.